listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I had an awesome uh, testimony last night this this uh, brother was sharing with me. This is amazing what God can do. He had been, you know, before he was saved and, and everything, he was only 18 years old, and um, he got arrested for attempted murder in the Baltimore area. And uh, the testimony is so powerful. He got arrested for attempted murder, and the judge basically uh, threw the book at him. And that at 18 years old, he got sentenced to life in prison. Hey, John, morning. He got sentenced to life in prison at 18 years old. And... um I mean, literally looked like no hope goes to prison. And um, he he really begins to, at that point, seek God. And he was telling me, this. I, I may have to add this story later on um, in, somehow into another edition of the book on fasting and prayer. Uh, because he said, you know, I was talking to a guy and he was telling me, this is what you do when you're, when you're a Christian, when you're religious. He said, so I started fasting and praying every single week that I was in prison. He said, I fasted uh, one day every single week that I was in prison. So, I mean, just dedicated, asking God to do what only God could do because uh, he shared with me that in Maryland, when you get a life sentence, it's not like in some, some other states where, you know, life might be 20 years or 30 years and then you, you know, you get out. It's until you're done, until you're dead. And so he, there he is from 18 years old serving this life sentence. And um, he said, even my caseworker told me, he said, first of all, I had favor, even in prison. He, he was the only person in a prison, max security prison, that had a, a authorization to work outside the prison walls. The only one of 2,500 other guys. So he said, I had favor, but he said, even my caseworker told me, we reviewed your file. There's no way we're letting you out of here. You're not going on parole. There's no way you're doing it. And uh, and he got transferred, but then he got called into the he got called into the warden's office. And the warden was like, "Man, I'm looking over your file." And he said, "You have completed every program we have in this prison." He said, "You've never had uh, um, a, a drug t- test come back positive." He said, "You never had any issues, no problems." He said, I'm recommending you to get out of here on parole. He's like, like basically, you are like what we'd love to see in every person that comes to prison. And so um, recommends him. And after eight years of serving an entire life sentence, he's released from prison. And uh, God answered his prayer. And even his parole officer was like, you are my one success story in life. And he's like, well, you know, when do you want me to call? She's like, don't even worry about calling me. You're like my one success story in life. And God's just blessed him. Now he's winning souls, uh, you know, just like an on-fire soul winner. You know, even this week, going to the gym, you know, winning souls at the gym. I mean, it's just God's totally uh, blessed him. God has totally turned him around. <clears throat> blessed him. God blessed him with a house. He moved his mother in with him. I mean, just it's one testimony after another. 
And that's what I'm, I'm showing you. Uh, it blows my mind that I preached this on the first night. The Bible says better is one day in your courts than a thousand days anywhere else. Because what God can do in your life in a short period of time, it, it blows everyone's mind because it's what men can do for you in decades, in decades. But I'm telling you, in one moment, God turns your life around and then God starts to work miracles in your family that you're like, man, I never thought it would be this good. But God's blessed our family. God's blessed my marriage. God's blessed my children. And um, it builds your faith to hear that impossible things are happening. And uh, God is very, very good. He's good to his children. What an amazing, I mean, life in prison, it's supernatural, <clears throat> supernatural. So I'm seeing those things, recognizing them. And then you see, this is why. When you hear stories like that, you hear miracle stories of things that are happening, taking place. And then you're like, okay, this is why the devil hates supernatural Christianity. This right here is why the devil doesn't want there to be supernatural churches. This is why the enemy wants Christians to be lukewarm. This is why the enemy wants churches to be dead and go through the motions and have a form of godliness, but deny his power. This is why. Because when you access the supernatural power of God, and God begins to move in your life and in your church and in your family, nothing is impossible to them that believe. Nothing. And the you think about it, just a handful of people in the new in the new the the new Christian church in the first century turned their world upside down. Turned their world upside down. This is why the devil doesn't want supernatural Christianity. It's why he fights so hard against the moving of the spirit revival in churches. This is why. Because you start to hear these testimonies of what God can do. And the devil knows he can't keep his hold on anybody. He cannot keep his hold on anybody. And that's why, if you uh, understand it, the spirit of Antichrist is truly a spirit of manipulation and control. And I want you to put that in the comments. Good morning, Denise and Glenn and Good to see everybody, Liz. I'm so blessed. Liz uh, made the whole team dinner last night. And let me tell you something. It was off the chain. It was off the chain. Uh, I don't know, Liz. Those tortillas even seem like they were homemade. But I'm going to tell you, I tore it up last night. Didn't even worry about a spirit of gluttony. I just went, <laughs> I just went after it. Um, so thank you again. Good morning, Ashley. Um, so you can see now, this is why. A spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, is a spirit of manipulation and control. And that's what I wanted you to put in the comments today as we start this thought, because the Lord dealt with me as I was getting up this morning, that this is what the, the three areas where the spirit of Antichrist wants to steal from you, wants to rob you of freedom. The spirit of Antichrist is a spirit of manipulation and control, and there's no question about that. No question about that. And so I want to show you in the word of God how these are the areas. There's three very important areas, three very important areas where I believe there's a fight going on. There's a fight going on. And this is why I'm encouraging you today. We, as the body of Christ, 
have to stand up and fight. Now, the weapons of our warfare, as we said, are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And what I'm saying to you is this. Yes, we fight with spiritual weapons, you know, prayer, fasting, the word of God, the authority of Christ. But let me tell you something. It's interesting to me. You do everything you can do in the natural realm as well to stand for the freedoms that you have in the United States of America. You do everything in your power to, to stand for those freedoms because the enemy, if he had his way, would strip those freedoms immediately. And there are three very important freedoms that I'm going to deal with today that even since the Old Testament, that anti-God spirit has hated, has hated even from the Old Testament. It's not just the New Testament anti-Christ spirit, but really, you know, <clears throat> anti-Christ spirit operated in the Old Testament because Christ literally just means anointed one, right? The anointed one. The enemy has always hated the anointed one, always. And so Old or New Testament, it's an anti-Christ spirit. And um, so I want to show you something. Now, go with me if you have your Bible. I'm going to show you these three things. They must, you must fight for these freedoms. You must stand up and take what is yours by the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. And uh, I want to read, you, of course, you're familiar with this story. But King Nebuchadnezzar, being a wicked king, um, understood that he wanted to receive worship. He wanted to receive worship. That's what Daniel chapter 3 is all about. And uh, I'll read it to you from the New Living Translation. But listen to this. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue. I'm starting in verse 1 of, of chapter 3. Daniel 3, 1. Um, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue. I'll put that up so people can see it. Uh, 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial offices or officials to come to the dedication of the statue he'd set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And then the herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. Notice that it was a command. It was not a suggestion. It was not negotiable. This was the king's command, okay? So look, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Get that? Wasn't negotiable. It was a command by an antichrist spirit. That's what the king was operating in, an antichrist spirit. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. And you know the story that everybody uh, got ready and the music played. And the Bible says, verse 12, but there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're telling the king, whom you've put in the charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods, and they don't worship the gold statue you've set up. And so he called them in. 
asked them what their deal was. And you know what they said? They said this. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He'll rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you've set up. We will never worship your gods and the statue you've set up. I want you to see this. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. The first freedom that the spirit of Antichrist wants to steal from you is the freedom to worship. And I want you to put it in the comments. Number one, the freedom to worship. The spirit of Antichrist wants to stop you from being able to have freedom to worship. You want to know what that looks like in the world? Just look in places like China. Look in the nations of the Middle East where it has become totally illegal to be a Christian. And people are forced to have underground churches, cannot worship freely the Lord their God. Some by threat of death, you know, you, you cannot, you can't own a Bible. You can't worship uh, Jesus Christ. You have to do what you're told. That's an anti-Christ spirit that tries to steal and does steal, if it's allowed to, people's freedom to worship. That's demonic. It's demonic to the nth degree. And that's what the devil wants. And that's why <clears throat> once we as the church leave here, that uh, you see that one world system being set up, and the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation, that everybody will follow after the beast and will worship the beast. Everybody will follow after the beast and worship the beast because truly that is the devil's goal is to steal people's ability to have a freedom to worship God. Isn't it interesting? It's it's Christian, it's Christian worship. The devil doesn't care if you worship Allah and his, you know, and, and worship the prophet Muhammad, as they say. They, he doesn't mind that. The devil doesn't mind if you're a Hindu. The devil doesn't mind if you have new age uh, uh, philosophy as your goal to worship. He doesn't mind if, you, if you're in some cult, but it, there becomes a big issue, becomes a big issue when you're a Christian and serve the only true and living God. And that's when people get bent out of shape. And that's when people start getting angry, getting angry, getting angry. Blows my mind. You know, even in, in the United States, I don't know if you know this, but if you go to New York City, when we were in the midst of the lockdown, it was very interesting to me that they weren't telling Muslims what to do. Very interesting to me that they weren't telling Muslims what to do, mosques, but they were uh, literally shutting down Jews, shutting down Christians. Isn't it interesting? You go across this nation and that spirit of control, that spirit of manipulation that was at work, notice the stuff that didn't even make sense, things that didn't even make sense. And they were so, they so badly wanted to control uh, the ability to worship, you know, because you can see it clearly now. You can see what, what they knew and, and they knew these things, you know, and I mean, we knew these things. We knew these things ahead of time. They did an independent study um, through seven universities on the, the efficiency 
uh, of masks during that time. And these independent studies showed they did little to nothing to stop the spread of anything. You saw that. And I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but, you know, you know a few days ago, uh, President Biden completely now lifted the state of emergency uh, in the United States of America for COVID. We were still under state of emergency for some reason. And uh, just yesterday, I saw on Twitter that now um, the Moderna and the Pfizer um, vaccines are no longer able to be distributed in the United States of America, according to the U.S. FDA. No longer allowed to be distributed in the United States of America. Very interesting. Very interesting. So now, now that the quote-unquote emergency is over, uh, we find out they're not safe enough to distribute in the United States of America. They're not good enough to be distributed. What's going on? Masks didn't help. The other stuff didn't help. And really, when you see all that all that going on, you know, um, liquor stores could be open. Um, very interesting to me. Planned Parenthoods could continue doing what they were doing. They were essential. Apparently, liquor stores were essential. But churches were not essential. Churches were not essential. And I'm not saying this as somebody who later looks back and was like, you know, um, you know, I, I, and trying to pretend like I never stopped traveling. I never stopped traveling. I never stopped preaching. I never stopped holding revivals for the entire time. Uh, the only time we stopped was when we got our new office space and had to move everything in and took that time to move everything and get the studio set up. That was the only time because we acquired that new space. And other than that, we had full schedule, kept on preaching, kept on laying hands because I knew it was a lie. I was going to go in, I was going to walk into a church like one, one other guy I saw at a conference a couple years ago. He's supposed to be the faith preacher. He's sitting in the sanctuary, double masked with black rubber gloves on, looking like a complete idiot. You're in the house of God. You say you believe in miracles, signs, wonders, and faith. And you're sitting there as a preacher looking like that, looking like an idiot. Not even, uh, wouldn't even stand to worship God during praise and worship, sat down and looked around during praise and worship, looking like a complete idiot. Totally, that's, I mean, that's as stupid as it gets. That's as stupid as it gets. And, and there's a spirit that wants to stop and control even your ability to worship, the freedom to worship. They were doing stuff to people uh, that um, made no sense. Like literally, <laughs> you can't, <laughs> they were telling people in other countries too, um, you know, even if you want to live stream to your church people, you can't go in there. You can't sing. You can't sing on the live stream because it'll spread germs out into the atmosphere. It's like, dude, I'm the only person here in the building. Someone else might be in the control room in another room. I'm the only person in the sanctuary giving commands that don't even make sense. Giving commands that don't even make sense. I'm the only one here. What does it matter if I sing or not? It's an empty sanctuary. And the other guy's in a control room booth somewhere running the live stream. Nope, it's against the law. You cannot sing. It's like, dude, stuff that didn't even make sense. So what is it? You can see that there is a spirit. Yeah, people believed it because people just believe anything, apparently. Apparently, they just believe anything that somebody says uh, with a couple letters after their name. And so... It's a spirit of antichrist. And this first thing, um, this first thing that you see the antichrist system wants to steal is your freedom to worship Christ.
your freedom to worship God. The devil hates the fact, and the devil not only hates that, he hates supernatural Christians. He hates the ones that believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. He, he hates the ones that can advance and tear down the kingdom of darkness. I mean, that's what we're called to do, is to destroy the works of the devil like Jesus did. Now, Jesus destroyed the power of sin and death. He did that. But do you, if you'll notice, there's still people battling the effects of sin, the effects like sickness and poverty and brokenness and depression. But we are being raised up, filled with the Holy Ghost as deliverers to set those captives free. We're raised up. The devil doesn't want that. The, the devil hates that kind of a Christian that has the power to cast out demons and to see people delivered, to see people healed. That's why it's so vital. This is not some small thing. It's something that we stand for, we fight for. We're not letting the enemy take America over like he's taken other nations over. We're standing and declaring that this nation will be changed and shaken by the mighty power of God. And we refuse to give up ground to the enemy. We refuse it. And if you're jumping on now, please share this broadcast with somebody today. Don't let the Antichrist spirit steal these things from you and, and from the people of God. Don't allow it. Stand for it. It's your right to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and to believe and to gather. And the devil hates it. And that's why I'm so thankful. You know, you're not just me, but you're seeing all these ministers now that stood strong and you're seeing these revivals hit all over America because it's like a punch in the face to the devil. You thought you could shut the church down. You thought you could close the church down and cancel us. You thought you could, quote unquote, throw us into a furnace and bring an end to the Christian church. And now people are swarming back. I saw an article the other day um, that was titled, I believe, um, why we need to rethink the decline of the Christian church. <laughs> why we need to rethink the decline of the Christian church. Yeah, because it's not declining. Because you can't stop the church of God. The Bible says, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Will not. Didn't say they might. Said will not prevail against it. You can't cancel the power of God. You can't cancel God's people. You cannot stop the move of God. And so I'm telling you right now, <clears throat> the devil wants to stop freedom to worship. You see it happening in other nations that where the Antichrist spirit has taken over those nations. But it's not coming to us in Jesus' name. I said it's not coming to us in Jesus' name. That's why Dr. Lester Summerall would teach that America is the last domino that has to fall before the Antichrist spirit can take over the world because we're a bastion of freedom, standing for freedom. Why do you think there's a concerted effort to tear down this nation? It's not a. It's not some kind of a... Um, coincidence, you know, that this nation keeps being put further and further into debt, that we're, they're allowing things to take place that other nations think are insane, think are insane, and, uh, and literally being um, distracted would be the best word, being distracted by these stupid things that are going on in society while other nations 
are are banding together, joining together, training together, preparing for war. And you can see how demonic it is. The devil hates to see people of God worshiping God. Do you know how much the devil hates a nation where you, where you can freely have revival, where you can freely come and see God change people's lives? The devil hates that. He hates that. And that's why I'm telling you, it's number one. He does not want to see a nation of people that can freely worship Christ and see signs, wonders, miracles, see the harvest brought in. I'm telling you right now, he can't stop us. And we're fighting for that. We're standing for that, contending for that. It will not be stolen from us. Our freedom to worship will not be stolen from us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That's number one. Number two, the second freedom that the spirit of Antichrist wants to steal from every person. And this might come as a shock to you, but it's not a shock to me, is steal from you the freedom to speak. That's number two. The spirit of Antichrist does not want you to have the freedom to speak. Does not want you to have it. Good morning, Heather. And I want to take you to Acts chapter four. That's number two, the freedom to speak. The spirit of Antichrist does not want you to have the freedom to speak and to say and to speak. For, you know, is, isn't it amazing to you that what we're, what we're dealing with even in America right now? People that were all about freedom and we're all about tolerance and all about making room for everybody to have a safe space. Yeah, unless you disagree with them unless you disagree with them. And then there's no more tolerance. And then there's no more freedom to disagree and freedom to speak. Now now you're just uh, committing, quote unquote, hate crimes. Now you're just a bigot. There's no tolerance. There's no tolerance from the other side at all. If you disagree with their agenda, if you disagree with their mindset, it's because you are an emotional assassin. It's because you're a bigot. It's because you're a terrorist of their mind and their heart. Yeah, there's no tolerance from the other side. It's a lie. It's a deception. And so you've got people. I mean, I was I was laughing about this the other day, laughing at their stupidity, not the situation, laughing at their stupidity, people that think like this. And you've got people. I mean, think about how frustrating. You've got people that have, you've got women that have trained their whole life to be the best at a sport that they love and have been winning, winning, winning until these stupid, woke uh, schools begin to allow uh, these trans women, that are biological men, to now compete in these sports with the girls with an obvious advantage, obvious advantage. People that wouldn't even be that great in men's sports coming in and destroying in women's sports because they have an obvious advantage, obvious advantage, whether it be swimming, whatever it might be, doesn't matter what it is. And track, you know, you saw that girl that was a a, a, a senior in high school. She had won the track meets, uh, what, the last two years before, uh, state state champion. And then they on the, her senior year, they allow a, a guy excuse me, just got back from China. Um, they allow a guy to compete in the women's track and field events. And she got destroyed. 
and her senior year gets kicked out of being able to be a state champion again because they allow a man to run against her as a woman. And uh, no tolerance there. No tolerance. And so you saw this this girl, Riley, that went uh, onto the campus in San Francisco to speak about having a place, a safe place for women to compete in sports, and they physically beat her. The trans community on campus physically beat her, punched her face, beat her physically because of her stance of what she <clears throat> what she said. What she said. Isn't that wild to you? Physically beat her because always and then and then <clears throat> after that, flipped the role as though they were the victims. They were the victims because she said something that they disagree with. She said something. She believed something and said that there needs to be a safe space for women's sports, and they beat her physically. They had to rush her off the campus because a mob had formed of people who have mental problems and spiritual issues that are beating her physically because she has an opinion. In America, where free speech is a thing, and free speech and a freedom to express yourself, how can you even have uh, any kind of a, a conversation or debate if people aren't freely allowed to speak and express their express their thoughts? And, and beat her. See, I'm telling you, the, the, the shoe is not on the other foot. It's not the same on the other side of the coin. They, they are, everybody's crying out for tolerance and understanding and, and make room for on this side. But when, when we start to speak, there's no tolerance. There's no understanding. There's none of that. So it's a lie. They're hypocrites and liars. They are hypocrites and they are liars. Every last one. And because if you don't hold, because I'll tell you how I know that if you don't, if you're a quote unquote, a part of that group and you don't hold to their agenda, they'll crucify you. They will crucify you. They will, they will literally excommunicate you from the fold so quickly, so quickly. It's not about love. It's about power. And anybody that can't see that is stupid. It's not about love. It's about power. It's about power. And the devil, the spirit of Antichrist, doesn't want you to have the freedom to speak. He wants to crush your freedom to speak. I'm going I'm to tell you something. Acts chapter 4. After all these miracles started uh, taking place, the high council arrested Peter and John and put them in jail till morning. And the Bible says the next day, I'm at Acts 4, now I'm in verse 5. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose, whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? And then he begins to speak. And they said, no, it's not for a good deed. 
It's not for a good deed. And listen to this. <clears throat> I love this part. I preached this last night. The Bible says, the members of the council, verse 13, Acts 4.13 now, were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures, but they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. And then look at verse 15. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber, conferred among themselves. <clears throat> verse 17. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must <clears throat> warn them not to speak to anyone in the name of Jesus again. That's verse 17. We must order them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. And they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Commanded them. <laughs> and verse 19, I love. Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we've seen and heard. And the council threatened them further. The council threatened them further. What do they want? Don't speak anymore. Don't speak anymore in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> the ability to steal your ability to speak. That's what they want. The right to steal your ability to speak freely. Notice it. Notice it's very interesting to me. Notice very interesting to me that when you uh, lose your ability to speak freely, that means Let's just think about some of the ramifications of that. If you can't say whatever you want, and by the way, this has already happened in other countries. This is not new. If that kind of thing were to happen in America, you know what it would mean? That like in other countries, you couldn't, as they're telling the, the apostles here, you could not legally evangelize. You couldn't legally, if they cut you down, and said, you're not allowed to just say whatever you want, and religious speech is banned. It's a slippery slope. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? If you give people that kind of power, what do you think is going to happen? You think it's just going to be a couple things? No. If you give people ultimate power over what you can say or can't say, it's going to get clamped down very quickly. You'll not be able to evangelize freely. You'll not be able to talk about Jesus. You'll not be able to um, evangelize on the streets as people do now. You'll not be able to talk about it at work. And then they'll start coming against the church as they did in Canada. This was not uh, Dubai. This was not the Arab Emirates. This was not the Middle East. This was not China. Canada. Canada. To where they had a three-strike system. If you preached against homosexuality, this was just a few years ago. If you preached against homosexuality, you got, and, and, you know, it was discovered, you got a warning, strike one, a warning from the government. If you did it again and you got a strike, it was a $10,000 fine. $10,000 fine. And then if you did it a third time, it was jail. You went to jail. You went to jail. And I'll tell you another thing. They would come in 
They could come into your church. If you were on television, they could come into your church and go through all of your footage that you have in archive. So if, if, if that was what they would do then, you didn't even have to preach it now. They could come, they could send an agent into your church and go through the footage in your archive. And if they found evidence of you preaching, even Romans 1, and preaching against homosexuality, you could be penalized for that, even if it was from the past. And if you allow that kind of nonsense to take over, what do you think the devil's going to do? It's not like we don't know how it'll pan out. It's already happened in other countries. It's already happened. And that's the spirit of Antichrist. And, then, and see, Pastor Craig saying, up in Canada, pastor arrested this week for protesting against drag people. Yeah, they want to take away parents' rights. Dad went to jail for keeping his kid from getting a sex change. It's insane. It's insane. That's the spirit of Antichrist. It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. And the devil does not want you to have the freedom to speak because when you have the freedom to speak, you have the freedom to talk about Jesus. You have the freedom to uh, preach against sin. You have the ability to preach righteousness. And the devil, you know what the devil knows? I'm going to tell you something. I know this is not like the studio, so sorry for all the shakiness. But listen, I'm going to tell you something that the devil knows. He knows what the apostle Paul declared in the book of Romans chapter one. And he said this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The devil knows that. That's why the devil wants to shut the gospel down, because it is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. The devil knows that. The devil knows that, and he hates it. And he wants to stop people's ability to freely speak because ultimately he doesn't want you speaking about Jesus. He doesn't want you speaking against his agenda. He doesn't want you speaking uh, against sin. He doesn't want to see people changed because that's what happens. I mean, listen, let me read to you real quick how it works. In, in case no one's ever read this for you before, to you before <clears throat> Romans chapter 10. <clears throat> Listen to this. The Bible says, speaking of this message, Romans 10, verse 13 is where I'll start. The Bible says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All right, so that, that, that's what happens when somebody calls on the name of the Lord. All right, but how does it work? How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him, okay? But then how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For as Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. So you see that faith can't come without hearing and hearing can't come without the freedom to speak it. That's why the apostle said, you're not shutting us up. 
You're not shutting us up. As Pastor Craig said right there, we'll never shut down or shut up. Our church is prospering. God honors those that stand up. And he's right. He's right. God honors those who stand up and do not deny the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of God unto salvation. That's the gospel message. Why do you think the devil wants to limit what people can say? Steal your freedom of speech. I'll tell you why. He doesn't want the power of the gospel going forth. Why do you think they're already penalizing churches for speaking like this? Because the devil hates it. And if the spirit of Antichrist has his way, that's what he'll do. Shut down your ability not just to worship freely, but to speak so that others can't also hear about it. Amen. That's why more than ever, that's why I, I uh, preached last night on the power of the Holy Ghost. On the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not talking about the last days. God said through the prophet Joel, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That's the Holy Ghost. And he's here. And we have the Holy Ghost. We have the power of the Holy Spirit operating in us. That's last day prophecy. And so what does that mean? Now your sons and daughters will prophesy. And now you'll have the ability to see signs, wonders, and miracles because we all we all have access to the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead. That's why. And so the devil hates it. The devil hates it. And we're in the final moments of time and the devil does not want us to be able to move forward and see souls saved. Too bad. You don't have authority over us. You don't have the ability to shut us down. It is not possible. It is not possible. And let me give you the final one here before we pray for you. Very interesting to me. Um, go with me to the book of Revelation. Chapter 13. Interesting to me that this is what the spirit of this world wants to do. The spirit of Antichrist wants to do. Amazing to me. Look, it's talking about the middle of here, the tribulation. I saw, I'll read to you the third verse real quick because you can see what I'm talking about. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery. Some translations, that's the NLT. Some say received a mortal wound. That means uh, something that would kill you, take you out. The But the fatal wound was healed. And the whole world marveled at this miracle and gave their allegiance to the beast. Hmm. Gave their allegiance. So again, at this time, seemingly, the whole world is allied with the beast, the spirit of Antichrist. And um, I want you to see down, as he's taking control, what many would call the great tribulation, the, the last half, uh, he, that is the beast. I want you to see this. Verse 16 now. Love you, Pastor Ken. He required everyone, small and great. Now, this is the spirit of Antichrist. Small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand of the forehead. And look at this. And no one could buy or sell anything without that mark which is either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. So I want you to see there was there's a obviously prophesied here. There's an antichrist desire to control the financial systems of the world. 
That's the third thing I want to talk to you about today. There's an obvious antichrist desire to control the financial systems of the world, right? And we're seeing that now. Have you heard what's been going on with these nations coming together, Brazil and Russia? And there's multiple nations coming together, China. For what purpose? To create new digital currencies. And they're announcing they're dropping the U.S. dollar as their stand as the standard, and moving to something else. Love you, Kenneth. Moving to something else. China, Iran. What are they doing? Moving towards something else, trying to cut the U.S. out. There, I'm telling you, there's a plan to weaken the U.S. And so, look at the Antichrist desire, right, to control what you can buy or sell. That's the financial. Uh, freedom that you have to steal your financial freedom. So what does that do? The moment that something like that would take place, it began, it begins to give that spirit of antichrist manipulation and control, the power of manipulation and control. You say, what's, what's so important about uh, cash and cash systems? The thing that's so important about cash systems is that it gives you freedom to buy, sell, and trade the way that you want to without anybody uh, stopping you, coercing you. For example, with these with these types of systems, these cash systems, if I want to do what I want to do with my money, no one's going to stop me. Meaning if I want to give to my church, nobody's going to stop me from giving to my church. No one's going to say, well, you can only give this much to your church in a year. However, what's to stop anyone? I mean, it's not like it's, you say, well, I don't, that's conspiracy theory. It's already happened. It's already happened. How many remember the trucker convoy in Canada? Do you remember the trucker convoy? And people were donating money to the trucker convoy in Canada. And then remember what happened? PayPal shut it down. PayPal shut it down, and they began to take that money, take that money out of the accounts. And they had all this money that had been donated that PayPal basically just took, literally just took it and kept it aside and said that you have this much time to reclaim your donations, but we're not allowing them to go to the convoy. Uh, and if you don't, uh, if you don't, um, Reclaim it. We're keeping the money. We're keeping the money, and then we will decide what charity to give it to. Okay, that's digital currency. PayPal's digital currency. So same same with everything. Cash App, um, Venmo, which is owned by PayPal, by the way. Uh, all these different things. It's digital currency. Uh, or yeah, go yeah. Sorry, GoFundMe. So people people said, "Yep, sorry." And then PayPal made the announcement. That's what it was. PayPal made the announcement that they were going to uh, they were going to start censoring based on what they found on your social media. If you spread misinformation, that's what it was. It was GoFundMe that took the money. It was PayPal that announced that they were going to start taking your money if you uh, if they found misinformation or disinformation on your social media accounts, which they backed down from. But GoFundMe took the money, so it's like. So what, what are you going to do? If you have digital currency, everything's tracked, everything's traced. 
everything's tracked, everything's traced. So then what happens? What if what if there was something that happened like in China where you have a social credit score and they say, listen, unless you have a high social credit score and you're com- compliant within society, there's things you can't do. You can't travel. You can't, you know, you can only spend a certain amount of money. You can't do this, right? Uh, Pastor Craig said, and the government shut down some people's private banking accounts as well that were supporting the truckers. Horrible. Yeah. So you see it, that there's a control and manipulation that if you don't fall in line and do what the Antichrist spirit wants you to do, then what? In those situations, they just manipulate and control you and shut you down. And then what are you going to do when they tell you, sorry, you can't give more than $200 to your church every year. And you say, no, I want to give more than that. Sorry, we control the digital, uh, we, we control the digital currency and we will limit you in that arena to you can't give more than $200 to your church. That's anti-Christ. That's demonic. And what do you think? The Bible already prophesied that's what's going to happen in the tribulation, that the Antichrist will literally stop the, your ability to spend uh, and to buy, um, to buy and sell, I should say, uh, by that same one world system and that power. And that's already, they're trying to do that stuff now. If you look during the pandemic, they were doing that stuff now. There were stores that were trying to, if you didn't have a, a vaccine card, try to keep you from being able to buy anything. They, they didn't want you buying anything if you didn't have that. Demonic, demonic. It's a spirit of manipulation and control. That's exactly what it is, a spirit of manipulation and control. And it's anti-God, it's anti-Christ. Three things you see very clearly. Number one, the anti-Christ does not want you to have the freedom to worship. Number two, does not want you to have the freedom to speak and does not want you to have the freedom to spend because it cuts down on your freedom to sow, to give, to promote the gospel of Christ, to do what we're called to do as believers. And then what happens? It, it basically makes everyone a slave to the system, a slave to the system. And if you don't think that's already happening in, in nations, it is. It's happening in China right now. I just saw a video posted, a guy that the, the Chinese government, the police force, dragged into an interrogation room, locked his arms into the sides of the chair, locked his feet to the chair, and said, we, were, we found some, um, we found some uh, opinions that you had online, things that you'd said, uh, against the Chinese police departments, wondering if we were corrupt or not. What What's your problem? Do you have an issue? And he had to sit there in fear, total fear, and say, I was mistaken, I was mistaken, I was mistaken. Can't speak freely, can't say what you think, and they are corrupt. That's the whole point, and people know it, but there's nothing they can do because they're slaves to the system. It's a sl- They're slaves to the system. And what I'm telling you is, this is why the church is here. We have authority, we have dominion, we have power. And this is why the devil wants to lull people to sleep. Wants to lull people to sleep. Why? Because if he can lull Christians to sleep, then they won't pray, they won't fast, they won't give, they won't evangelize, they won't be faithful to to God. And that's what he wants. Because the less faithful Christians are, the less they press in, God allows what you allow. God is not going to make things happen for you. He's not going to make things happen for the church. Oh, of course, there's Bible prophecy set into place. But until we get there, it's the ability that God's given us with dominion and authority to take a stand and to take authority over the devil and the spirit of Antichrist, 
to cast out devils because the greater one lives in us, the Bible says. 1 John 4 and verse 4, the Bible says that uh, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you. It says you are of God, little children, and have overcome the spirit of Antichrist. For greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I'm not saying these things today to, to, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm waking people up that it's time like never before to press in to the power of God. It's time like never before to press in in the house of God. You know, there, there's people that the enemy would love you to put your life on cruise control and just zone out to your job. And your your. that's why I'm so happy to see revival hitting this week in New Holland, Pennsylvania. Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, because we're in the final moments of time and people need to press in like they never have. It's time for the church to wake up, to wake up and do what we're called. And I'm telling you, we're seeing it all over America. We're seeing people that are not satisfied. This is a kick to the devil's face. It's a kick to the devil's face who thought he could shut the church down, thought that he could silence us thought that he could stop us from having revival, meeting together, seeing souls saved. It's a kick to his teeth to see all these things that are happening around the country right now, to see all these meetings that are going. Not just It's not just ours. There's tons of things that are happening. Revival's not coming. It's here if we'll open our eyes. The mainstream media is never going to cover it in that way. They don't care. They don't care. So I, I want you to uh, I want you to see this. They don't care, but there's revival happening all over the place. Some of the biggest things ever happening right now in the world, and the devil hates it. But I'm going to tell you, he can't stop it. He may hate it, but he can't stop it because we have authority. We have dominion. We have power in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We have authority, dominion, and power in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. We have authority, dominion and power in the Holy Ghost. And so I'm, I'm saying this to encourage you today, that no matter what the devil wants, no matter what he thinks he can do, he can't take you, he can't overtake you because you're filled with God's power. You have dominion. The greater one lives on the inside of you. The greater one, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost, lives on the inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So Father, I pray for every member of the Victory Tribe today. I thank you that there's not one spirit of Antichrist that can stop the power of God, can't stop the church. Your word declares you'll build the church and the gates of hell will never prevail against it, never prevail against it. It's a bad move to stand against the church of God. It's a bad move to try to hinder the church of God. I thank you, Lord, that we have total dominion we see revival sweeping through this nation. We'll see the largest harvest of souls we've ever seen. Churches will be packed in Jesus' name. Because while others might be growing cold, while others might be falling away, that will never be our story in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We will see uh, a harvest of souls. We're getting hotter and hotter and hotter. We're pressing in more and more and more in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. We give you praise for it, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, I'll tell you this, just to encourage your faith. 
if you remember in Venezuela, uh, Hugo Chavez was the president of Venezuela, and he had sent out all of the missionaries saying there will be no uh, evangelistic crusades, meetings in Venezuela, literally trying to hold the gospel back from an entire nation, trying to hold the gospel back from an entire nation. And I'm going to tell you what happened. He quickly died and was moved out of the way, died and was moved out of the way. Why? Because God cares more about a nation than he does one enemy that stands in front of those people's lives, died and was moved out of the way. That's why I tell you, it's a dangerous thing to stand against the church of God. Dangerous thing. It's the same type of thing you see where Paul was trying to preach the gospel to the governor, Sergius Paulus, and there was a sorcerer that was whispering in his ear, don't listen to this man, it's all a lie. And then Paul rebuked him and commanded him to go blind, and he immediately went blind, had to be led around by the hand. God cares more about that, that life of the unbeliever than he does. See, there's people that have made themselves enemies of God. That's different than an unbeliever. They're actively working against the plan of God. They've, they've chosen their side. It's different than just someone who needs the gospel. They're enemies of God that he God will move out of the way. And that's what happened with Hugo Chavez. God moved him out of the way because he cares more about an entire nation of souls than one enemy that stands in the way and says they won't have the gospel. Who do you think you're talking to? Who do you think you're messing with? And so I'm telling you right now, don't be discouraged and don't be afraid. Be encouraged to know that the greater one lives in you, that you've got authority and dominion. And we as the church of God are going to fast, pray, and continue to see revival. Continue to see a move of the Spirit. And we're going to have souls come into the kingdom like we've never seen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.